I'm Frank, and I'm not a big fan of BJ's Wholesale Club super low gas prices. I don't trust things that low. Started in 92. Big office Christmas party. Come on, join the limbo line. Now I see a chiropractor. So, no, BJ's. I don't want super low gas prices. Okay, then. But if you'd like super low gas prices and a $40 digital BJ's gift card, join the new BJ's Wholesale Club. Opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. Donica Strange Riscano, author, speaker, and community leader, comes to you today with Recapture, the weekly program that gives a biblical perspective on living a Christ-centered life as you walk through your recovery journey. Our focus is providing healing for the family with love, knowledge, forgiveness, and information. Hello, sunshine. Hey, it's Monica Strange. I'm here at Recapture on behalf of Donna Cariscano, our great host. Uh, she is not in studio today, but we have an awesome guest. Dr. Rick Wallace is here today. Uh, and so Dr. Wallace is our older brother, uh, <laughs> but he brings with us a great respect. We follow him for his great work that he's doing. He is a psychologist and he's a performance coach. Uh, he helps people with their life and their work, and he just does a great thing in the community. And so we thought we'd bring Dr. Wallace back. He was in the studio with us for our previous episode where we talked about critical race theory. What is critical race theory and what it's not? And so with that said, I'll do a little recap on our conversation uh, from last week. What is critical race theory? Well, it's a, a graduate-level framework uh, that's used to take a look at um, the legacy of slavery in this country and the impact of the systemic racism um, going beyond racism as an individual, but looking at racism in a systemic way. And what is it not? It is not a curriculum for the elementary and secondary school students. <clears throat> Uh, it's not going to be taught in elementary and high school to our students. Uh, it really is a graduate-level framework that is going to be taught in colleges and law schools. And Rick shared with us uh, uh, last week that uh, it's a legal, it's not even a a core class. It's like a an elective. A, an elective. In, in, in law school. So just wanted to kind of give you guys a heads up that, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's a narrative of the media getting us hyped up about what's happening in the classroom with our students. That They're going to teach the CRT, which is a graduate level framework. Most of us don't understand our high school framework. <laughs> so you're not going to get that graduate level framework in the classroom with our students. And so we want to encourage you. One thing I talked about from last week is what I call dispelling the myth of Christianity in America. And what I call it was the myth of the media, the myth of the media, uh, Fox, CNN, MSNBC has you out there yelling at people, screaming at people, hating the immigrants, not wanting CRT in the classroom, which is not going to be anyway. But I wanted to remind you of what the scripture said, that we're called to be a light and a witness. We're called to be a light in the witness. And here's what First John 1 and 5 said. Uh, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. Shut up. 
God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Don't let the media be your framework. Don't let the media be the framework for Christianity. I know people who make sandwiches for the hungry. I know people who go overseas and minister. I follow a ministry there, a medical ministry, where they have a medical hospital in Haiti. And this was before all the most recent situations with the, uh, with the I think, a hurricane. And then they had some things um, before an earthquake, the assassination of their leader. Before even all of this occurred in Haiti, uh, this Love a Child ministry as a Christian ministry has been boots on the ground in Haiti for years as a medical hospital, but you don't see that in the media. So that's what we talked about last week, dispelling the myth of Christianity in America, and we're encouraging you to be a light and a witness and let your light so shine. So thank you for exposing CRT, talking about what it was and what it is not, and just giving us a real good conversation on how we can understand what that platform and framework is about. But today we're going to take a completely different uh, conversation. Uh, Since CRT really was about uh, our children, elementary and secondary, um, we have a conversation we're going to have about, uh, for a local news story here in Houston, uh, Dr. Wallace, really sad story here. Right, right. Um, Basically, uh, it emerged at the beginning of the week uh, where it, it emerged as a story where a 15-year-old uh, called the authorities and said that he and his siblings had been left, and they went out to do a uh, welfare check, and what they found was horrific. Uh, they found three boys, if I'm not mistaken. The oldest's name is Jordan, and I can't really tell by the pictures because they blocked the pictures out. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, the build of the kid, being that they were emaciated and malnutrition, it's sort of hard to tell if it's a boy or a girl. But the 15-year-old's name is Jordan. Uh, there was a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of funny getting these ages right because that's a year in this story where right. they were one age when it started and they're another age now. Right. So it goes back and forth trying to figure out what, what age they are. Right. But the, the, the gist of it is, in the in the apartment with these children that had been left alone, now we know for an entire year, by their parents. Uh, well, the mother and her boyfriend. The mother and her boyfriend. Right. Her, the mother and her boyfriend were living in the house with the skeletal remains of their brother, who I think was eight years old when he when he was killed. Right. And the they just put a blanket over him, and left him in there, and literally. He decomposed in that house with them living there. And there were neighbors that said they reported the smell and nothing was done. And so the first thing that went through my mind is how many times the kids had to fall through the crack to get to a year before anybody brought them any type of uh, relief. Now, there was one testimony of one one of, I don't know if it was the deceased child's teacher who had either come to the residence or tried to go to the residence because it's this whole year. Like, okay, what happened to him? He just right. fell well, off the crack? Well, they hadn't been enrolled in school since May of 20. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're talking about uh, by the time they were found, a year and four or five months that they weren't being tracked by any anyone. 
So they didn't re-enroll them after they finished school in May of 2020. They were never re-enrolled in school. So everything that happened after that was, you know, uh, there was a case with uh, CPA, uh, CPS, but it had been closed. And so I ask, with what you could see with these kids, just from what I've read, that should have been something that prompted a deeper, a deeper follow through. Right. Uh, you know, but let me ask you something, Dr. Rick. I, in one article I read, I think it was something you posted, but I actually read the article that the mom had more than one autistic child. And I was thinking, wow, is there a reason for that? Why more than one of her well, children was autistic? Now, you're getting off into some very controversial, uh, okay. <laughs> very controversial areas when it comes to, especially African American boys and autism. Okay. The numbers have spiked over the last 20 years. Okay. Um, and I, I actually deal with parents of autistic kids and mm-hmm. autistic kids, so I seen the whole spectrum from low, low end to high end spectrums like Aspergers, where mm-hmm. kids can be very functional. Uh, nonverbal and on down. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen it all, but there's been a spike and there was a direct connect uh, to a certain type of vaccine, MRT vaccine, that uh, was actually outed by someone at the CDC who was terminated and then later ended up dead. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and this was in the earlier 2000s. That yeah, they, they, like 90s that, or something. Yeah, yeah. That they came out and said, we knew that this was going to be an issue. And so they, they, you know, did the PR and all that stuff so like I that. So I don't want to get into what we don't want. We don't, I was like, no, I just thought it was so sad. I was it, like, wow. To, to I see, was like thinking is, and, and, and forgive me for being a lay woman in, in a level ignorance, no, but I was like, is this genetic for her kid? And that, that goes the thing. See that, I mean, you talk about autism, you're talking about a, a, a discussion that can go so many ways. There are on the high end of autism, when you're talking about Asperger's, normally you find uh, a lot of behavior that you would consider uh, non-social, uh, you know, that you would consider to be dysfunctional mm-hmm. and not core, uh, w- which would qualify them for some form of, form of IEP in mm-hmm. school because they don't function normally, but there's always something that they excel at oh, in okay. Asperger's. I mean, when I say excel, I mean right. excel. Like, they they are better than the average person right, at it. They're pianists, or and so there are actually scientists that are saying that the high end of autism is a part of evolution, and that uh, Asperger's I gonna, I, is, I, I is the Asperger's genius. No, is right. Asperger's is the next step in brain evolution? Because one of the problems we have as humans now, if we are admitted, is the more knowledge comes in, the less we focus. Asperger's, kids with Asperger's have no problem focus. That's all they do is focus on that one thing. You can't get them off of it. Okay. And if you disrupt their schedule, you get all kind of problems. They're very acclimated to schedules and patterns. So you put them on a schedule right. and they just move it. You, they'll become automated in the schedule. You don't have to do anything with them. They'll get themselves oh, wow. dressed. They'll do all. So that's that part of it. So could Let it be say genetic? One verse. I'm going to say one verse real quick. Because I just believe that infusing the word in our conversation, it helps our audience and it helps me in terms of, hey, you guys, we're here with the word. Okay. And, you know, generally, uh, Donica, she's not here, but when we were teenagers, we would be in these arguments as teenagers, as Christians, all the little kids in the Sunday school class, and what does this say, what does this say? And Donica, as a teenager, she'll say, what does the word say? So Jesus said, 
Jesus called unto them and said, Suffer the little children come unto me and forbid them not of such is the kingdom of God. And verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. So Jesus is telling us to call us as little children. And Jesus himself says, suffer the little children to come unto me. For you, those of us who are parents, who are aunts, who are school teachers, don't forget the kids like they were forgotten in this particular situation. Go out and help them, support them. Let your voice know what's going on in the lives of these children. Okay, Dr. Ray, back to you. Right. Well, in in, in speaking, when I think about uh, kids and I think about the Bible, uh, there are two actual scriptures that actually come to mind to me. Okay, great. uh, That I think are fitting. The first is... Dr. uh, Rick is not just a doctor, he's a theologian. um, Is written by Paul, it says that he who does not care for his own, especially those in his household, is worse than an infidel. Yes. And the second set is spoken by Christ, and it says that the least you do unto the least of these, you've done, unto you've me. done also unto me. Yes. And so it talks about how we treat, how we care for. And I had a very long uh, monologue on my channel, on, the, on multiple channels, on this situation. And it's about community. It's about caring. We have entered into a an era of individualism. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can say it as a country. We can say it as a global prospect. We can say it as a race. Uh, we can say it even in families. We are seeing where everybody's out for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's about what I want to do, how I feel, and what I want. And... Don't, I don't want anyone telling me this. I don't want to be held accountable. I don't care about a village. I don't care about a community. I just want to do me. The problem is we're social creatures. So however you view it, at the very core level of science, when you look at social creatures, social creatures, most mammals are by nature social creatures. Social creatures operate by social code, social construct, and shared responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's how the group operates when you take and you put. You, you, you can, I mean, go watch a, 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 a pride of lions. There's a code. There's responsibility. Everyone knows what they do. Anyone operating outside of that code can get punished. Go to uh, a family of gorillas. Mm-hmm. There is a code. Well, I saw a, a natural channel, and they had a video of an elephant. And I don't know what the tribes of elephants are called. But they had a, ba- a herd of elephant. Yeah. It was a baby elephant that was abandoned in some way. Didn't say how the parent elephants were not present. But this baby elephant uh, had been abandoned in some kind of way. They nursed it back to life. And they put the baby elephant with the herd of other elephants. And they adopted the elephant in. So this herd of elephants adopted in this baby elephant that was not a part of their herd. And so that kind of just spoke to my heart about we can and should be doing the same thing if animals are Man, doing I, it. I've actually, why aren't we doing it? I've actually seen a lioness adopt a gazelle. Oh, really? A baby gazelle. Really? And to and <laughs> she she did it them? multiple times. <laughs> okay. She would kill the mother and adopt the baby. What? But, but because the baby hadn't gotten to Big an age yet. where it could feed and eat. The brush, it needed to be fed milk, it would eventually die. She would mourn the baby 
and go through the process. And, and they watched her for over a year or something, and she would do this. And all kind of tragedies would just happen because that's not the natural art of right. things, but that was something about it. So there's this level of compassion even in the most instinctive killers. Mm-hmm that we're failing to see in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so you have to ask yourself, where's that coming from? Why are we here? And with this family, it goes deep. And now the paternal grandmother is saying that they lived with her five years ago. And when she would go to work, the mother would be bringing in different guys to her house and they got into it about it and she asked him to leave. Mm -hmm. And she wished she didn't now. And she's only the paternal grandmother of the youngest Youngest kid, the seven-year-old. I I read that. Okay, but she said she would have taken them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a a 17 year old girl mm-hmm. who was not present in the home, and I, I'm, I haven't been able to find out where she's at. I'm trying to get my hand on as much as this as I can to see if there's anything that I can do personally. Uh, my concern is these children are in for a long fight in their life just to recover. First and foremost, the Kaiser study on Aces. Mm-hmm. Adverse childhood experiences mm-hmm. uh, tells us that if you experience anywhere from three to four uh, adverse childhood experiences, which are anything like uh, a parent who ha- has an addiction, uh, separation from your parents, it, other dysfunctions like abuse, whether it's neglect, uh, physical abuse, emotional abuse, uh, a parent or a sibling that goes to prison, all of these things are adverse childhood experiences, sexual abuse, uh, all these are adverse childhood experiences. You get four of those. And life is going to be extremely difficult, even in your health outcomes, long after you stop experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for instance, mm. uh, a kid with four uh, aces is 12 times more likely to uh, attempt suicide than a kid with none. Wow. And so you say four. What do you mean four? Like they have four every, different if, if, if your parent, If your parent is an alcoholic, that's an ace. That's okay. one point. Every, every, every occurrence is one point so if you have uh, a parent who's an alcoholic and hits you that's two and so it goes each one of those things a parent that goes to prison that's three and so now you're in that place where it's going to have a lifelong impact even after therapy these impacts are a higher rate of heart disease a higher rate of diabetes all these things can be traced in aces so you've got that part of it but you got to deal with the trauma if they don't find someone who is capable of helping them integrate these it. integrate these tra- traumatic memories to where they become a moment in time and not relived realities, then they're going to be suffering and struggling and probably going to deal with addiction and a bunch of other things over the course of their life. Wow. So, hey, you guys, this is um, Monica Strange uh, from Recapture Radio. Thank you so much for listening in with us today. I have Dr. Rick Wallace here in the studio, and we are talking about a local News story is a really a sad situation in which um, I think three children were in the home together and which one who was eight years old at the time uh, had been abandoned in an apartment locally here in Houston with, I think, a 15-year-old and then another sibling. And unfortunately, um, the eight or nine-year-old had um, died by homicide about a year ago. And these children had lived in this apartment abandoned alone for about one year. And most recently, the 15-year-old reached out for help, I think, with CPS or maybe even the police. And so we're just talking about this local news story. Um, there's so many uh, dynamics to this conversation. I did see a cousin being interviewed on uh, KPRC. Her story was that they weren't engaged with the mom at all. 
that she would only be engaged with them when she turned up to ask for money. Mm-hmm. And then when they would go to her residence, she would say, well, I'll meet you in the front. So they would be going to see them at the apartment, but she would not let them come to her apartment. She would just meet them at the front of the apartment community. They give her the money or whatever they were going to engage her with, but they had never been in the apartment unit. So they had not seen the children themselves for a y- at least a year. And so they weren't aware of all what was going on. And so we're just talking a little bit about that story and the uh, impact of this level of trauma. And as Dr. Wallace is talking to about uh, ACEs, which is adverse childhood experiences, and uh, why why would we want to have this conversation this morning? Uh, Just so you can know what's happening in the community and uh, where your heart should be set for prayer. Are you praying for this community? I really believe in prayer for Texas. I just feel like we have a lot of stuff that's going on. I believe in regional spirits and regional things that attack in the area. I know about a year and a half ago, I reached out to a, a pastor online because she believed in the area of spiritual warfare. And about a year ago, I was just like, hey, it's a whole lot going on with these missing kids. And I just feel like there's a lot going on. What can we do? And she said to me, if God put it on your heart, it's your work. Wait a minute, lady, you the prophet. <laughs> uh, can you help? So I do believe that there could be some regional things that we're dealing with here in Houston we have a whole lot going on in the political spectrum. Uh, we have a whole lot going on in terms of this particular case with these children. And this is not probably isolated. So there's so many systems involved, the CPS system, the educational system with the school district. Did anybody say, hey, these kids ain't been to school in a year? Or did they just say, well, it's COVID, and so they're probably just at home. You know, so many missing things here in terms of system um, the school system, CPS system, family systems, not blaming anybody or anything, but there's a lot of opportunities for help and support. So, Dr. Wallace, continue on with your feedback. Um, I mean, uh, in essence, I think that you covered, I think uh, the point that I would make is that there has to be community, whether we're talking uh, faith-based or we're talking from a perspective of community as blacks, we're talking from a perspective of community as uh, believers, we're talking from a perspective of community as humans. Mm-hmm. There has to be a concern for where we're at right now. I call it a state of antinomianism. It's a place where everybody's doing what they want. Antinomianism. Do. Antinomianism is a state of untethered social behavior where there are no codes. Mm-hmm. No policies, no no rules of, of engagement. Everybody is doing what they want to do and defending it. And then you have other people defending it. Mm-hmm. There's so much uh, behavior that is counterproductive to social growth uh, in, in many ways. And we're birthing our children into an environment that is set to explode because it's not des- the, we're not designed to operate that way. We don't we don't work well when everybody's on their own page because things uh, because you can actually see it with COVID mm-hmm. because con- what was once congruent systems have been disrupted because everybody's not at work. Everybody's right. not in. You, you can't get uh, through uh, customer service. You go in the store. You may wait where it used to be somebody in your face as long as you walk in. Now you're sitting there and you're going. 
and, and, <laughs> and, right. and it's because the system has been disrupted and everybody is focused on them. And so that's what I see when I see these kids is nobody was looking out for them. Everybody's thinking about what little enclave of reality they're living in. Wow. So uh, we have Dr. Rick Wallace in the studio with us today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on Recapture, such a heartbreaking story here in Houston regarding uh, this uh, family of children who were abandoned in their home. But the one thing about it is is that we're just uh, sharing that information so that we could talk about uh, a sense of community. Are you available in your church, and are you available within your own family? And if you're an educator, if you work in counseling or in the CPS system, are you watching and are you aware of what's happening in the community and are connected as a Christian, as you're connected as a mom, connected as a dad to see what is going on around you. And so we just wanted to share that. So if you pray for those children, if you pray for that family, uh, those workers who are dealing with that situation, if you pray for them, um, one of the officers who went there said it was the most egregious thing he had ever come upon. Mm-hmm. So we pray for those first responders, uh, the extended family, those children, that God would heal them and uh, make them whole. So thank you so much for listening to Recapture on today. I am Monica Day, Monica Strange, and this is our tip for the journey. Uh, love your neighbor as you right. love yourself. I'm Monica Strange, and have a great day. Thank you for joining us on this week's broadcast. My prayer is that you continue to grow Find peace, forgiveness, knowledge, and information. To learn more or connect with us, visit our website at psdiamondcelebration.com. Until next time. Hi, I'm Frank. I don't like change. And I just saw a billboard for this new BJ's Wholesale Club talking about up to 25% off grocery store prices. Oh, really? What's wrong with paying full price, huh? No, sir. I would not join BJ's Wholesale Club. Let's agree to disagree, Frank. Say you do want to sign up to get a $40 digital BJ's gift card. Join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only.